self-care versus self-soothing. The key and critical differences between these two concepts and how using both in tandem can help you on your spiritual journey. Hello and welcome to the Skellington Grin Podcast Season 3. I'm your host, Alice B. Skellinger, eclectic pagan, divination witch, and poet, as well as spiritual enthusiast, and today we are going to be talking about two concepts that come up in healing journeys a lot. I see them come up in the spiritual community, and I also see them come up in conjunction with the um, psychological healing community. And I've learned recently that spiritual healing and psychological healing sometimes have their roots in similar practices. And when you start healing one side, you can inevitably start healing another. Um, But if you are focusing on um, the healing of one, you will slowly, gradually start to heal the other. At least that's what I've learned from my experience. So I wanted to talk about a concept that is pretty much blowing up everywhere on social media right now, and that is the concept of self-care. And the reason why I am talking about the difference between self-care and self-soothing is because we have come to understand, at least within what I see on social media, that self-care, uh, self-care involves these different practices such as, you know, taking bubble baths and and having your little daily skin routine and all of that stuff. And while those are forms of self-care and definitely taking care of um, your physical appearance and taking care of your grooming and taking care of your body is a form of self-care, there are certain practices that are more on the self-soothing aspect than they are on the actual self-care aspect. So I wanted to talk about that today because I feel like it is an important topic to kind of go over to understand uh, what would be more of a care technique versus a soothing technique and what types of healing can come from using these techniques in tandem. Without further ado, let's dive right in. So, Alice, what would you consider to be a self-care technique? So what I would consider to be self-care from my personal experience and from what I've been doing on my own personal healing journey um, with healing trauma, with healing spiritual stuff, I have learned that self-care is more in line with making sure that I get the proper amount of sleep every night. For me, that's anywhere from six to eight hours. And that is honestly the the, uh, recommended hours of sleep that you should sleep at night anyway, is um, six to eight hours for every adult and sometimes more um, for children. I've, I've heard that for children, it could be anywhere from seven to nine hours, whereas for adults, it could be anywhere from six to eight hours or six to nine hours. So, but roughly within that time frame of about six to eight hours would be the recommended time that you should be spending sleeping at night. Um, Then, also, 
with, with getting the proper amount of sleep at night, making sure that you're hydrating during the day. Because we can always go for a, a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and, and feel great. And we can always go for that soda and, and that soda is going to perk us up. But what's really going to help our bodies to, one, digest properly and two, be able to sustain ourselves for long periods of time, especially, um, say, we're working in heat, for example, is hydrating making sure that we have enough water in our system, which the recommended dosage of water is 8 to 10 cups a day. You should, you should try your best not to really exceed that, but if you go over it a little bit, that's okay. Um, and, and I'm also not a nutritionist, so I'm not going to be giving nutrition advice per se, but definitely going with what I've learned scientifically. It's 8 to 10 cups a day. Another self-care technique would be making sure that you are prioritizing correctly during your day. So time management, even if that means that you need to keep a journal log to be able to manage your time, doing that. Making sure that when you need to step away from an assignment or a project because um, maybe you're spending too much time in front of the computer and your eyes are starting to hurt, knowing that it's okay to take a break. Whether that's a snack break or just a break to rest your eyes for a couple of minutes and get away from the computer, making sure you take that break, making sure you're not overloading yourself. Another self-care technique would be shutting off your phone for a few hours. What I've started to do is, um, especially because I'm team iPhone, <laughs> and, and, and no hate towards Android users or anything, but um, what I like about my iPhone is that I have the option now with the new update to set different modes. So I can put it in do not disturb, I can put it in um, personal focus, I can put it in sleep focus at night um, so that none of my notifications are blowing up my phone <laughs> and, and there's nothing, you know, uh, running in the background either. Um, when sleep focus is on, everything is sh shut off. <laughs> my phone is asleep, I'm asleep. <laughs> um, and I can also shift it into driving focus, of course. But before, it used to only be uh, D&D, personal, and driving focus. But now I can shift my phone into work focus and only have the apps that I use for work. Or I can shift my phone into personal focus and only have the apps that I use for personal use, such as messaging, calling, um, Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> TikTok, uh, YouTube, whatever it is that I use during my personal downtime. I can shift it into do not disturb and then also preset certain settings so that, you know, maybe if I'm getting calls from, um, maybe if I'm getting repeated calls, so emergency calls, I could, I could at least have, have it open for those emergency calls. But yes, that could be in and of itself a self-care technique, making sure that you are giving yourself breaks, making sure that you are shifting into a mode of what you need to do during the day and not allowing yourself to get overstimulated. So, especially because we live in such a digital age where we are constantly connected and we are constantly um, reaching for our phones to text and call and chat and 
uh, scroll through our news feeds and and find things on Pinterest and and share them and like them and and subscribe and all of these different things. We live in such a technology-driven age. It's so easy to get overstimulated. Caring for yourself is knowing when you've hit your limit and allowing yourself to be like, all right, I'm going to go set my phone down. I'm going to go take a break from technology. And if I am using technology, it might just be my TV in my living room that... Uh, is hooked up to a DVD player and I don't have like a streaming system on my iPad where I can also have another app running in the background. (laughs) Um, So what is the difference though between self-care techniques and self-soothing techniques? So when it comes to self-soothing, really what you're doing when you are soothing is you are bringing out of a state of stimulation. You are bringing yourself into a state of kind of, kind of almost like a childlike happiness. Um, when you are practicing self-soothing, it's going to be like taking bubble baths or getting into your pajamas and wrapping yourself up in a blanket on your couch and watching a Disney movie <laughs> or um, choosing to eat chicken nuggets and mac and cheese <laughs> to, to, you know... Um, appease your inner child. Uh, So the reason why it's important to understand the difference between self-care and self-soothe is because some of the practices and some of the things that you can do to self-soothe are in and of itself forms of self-care. However, there is a a key and critical difference because what is happening when you are focusing on self-care is that you are kind of in a spiritual sense and then also in a psychological sense taking care of more of that adult side of you whereas when you are focusing on self-soothing you're taking care of like your inner child and so let's talk about the inner child for a minute and why self-soothing is important and why focusing on the needs of our inner child with self-soothing and self-care in tandem can actually activate a different sense of healing and a different part of our healing and also move us further along on our path on our path of healing so when we focus on self-care and when we listen to our inner child Say our inner child is hungry and cranky. Our inner child is running on low sleep and also needs to be fed. When we forget to eat, our inner child will come out and our need to eat will will get louder and louder and louder and we'll keep hearing this like voice in our head sometimes or we'll keep feeling this instinct that we need to eat. But then we'll get overwhelmed by the stimulation of possibly having to cook something. We might have a plethora of things in our fridge and we're like, okay, I know I need to eat, but what do I eat? There's so much that I can cook. There's so much that I can do and there's only so little time in the day and then I've got to get to bed by this time to make sure that I have enough sleep and and then I wake up at this time because I have work at this time and da-da-da-da-da. So, but when we focus on making sure that we have eaten today and making sure that we have listened to the need for maybe taking a rest even if that means that we woke up at five o'clock in the morning and by eight o'clock in the morning we might be taking a little nap because we still feel a little bit tired (laughs) we listen to that need 
I know that um, one of my needs, uh, one of my inner child needs, is definitely that need to sometimes placate myself with something sweet. But what I've been doing instead of reaching for a cookie or reaching for um, something that is kind of a little bit more calorie dense, I started listening to my need for my inner child to have something sweet, but wind up going for the healthier option, such as um, my, my current hyperfixation food is blueberries with a little bit of clover honey and Greek yogurt, plain Greek yogurt or vanilla Greek yogurt, doesn't matter, but those are my go-tos. And I will feed and soothe that inner child while also acknowledging my inner teenager and inner adult that says, hey, maybe you should take a little bit more responsibility for your health by eating something that might give you that that edge and curve, that sweet tooth, but also is going to help you to stay healthier. Because one of my goals for this year is to lose a little bit of weight. I gained a lot of weight um, when the pandemic hit and I'm trying to lose some of that weight because I have realized that my body has become a little bit over encumbered. And (laughs) um, not that I don't feel confident in myself, it's more that I'm recognizing that I'm having certain body pains that maybe I shouldn't be having at 28 years old, like consistent lower back pain and consistent shoulder pain and consistent pain in my knees <laughs> and and I'm 28 I shouldn't be I shouldn't be feeling this way but um one of my friends god I love him uh he was like you're carrying around so much sexy and I'm like I love you for that but at the same time I'm also carrying around weight that I shouldn't be carrying around with my heightened stature so one of my goals is to lose some of that weight so in in that I am recognizing that it's okay to have something sweet by placating my inner child with that with that sweet thing that's going to curb that sweet tooth but then I'm also choosing a healthier option than cookies or a brownie or (laughs) cake (laughs) Um, and good god I love cake I made like two cakes in the span of a couple of weeks one day don't even ask like (laughs) I made chocolate cake one week and then I wound up making um jumbo red velvet cupcakes <laughs> like two or three weeks later um and they was good <laughs> but um anyway so when we are healing our inner child that's where the self-soothing techniques that we have also learned is part of self-care come in when we are listening to our inner adults and we are listening to what we might need to prioritize, such as um, maybe we're home for the weekend and we have our weekends off and we know that the laundry has started to back up. So we're going to take that time on the weekend to get caught up on that laundry. We're going to take that time on the weekend to maybe go get some groceries too. We're going to take that time on the weekend to listen to the adult needs and take care of what our adult self needs and what our adult self needs to do and prioritize. We're going to create a to-do list. We're going to create a schedule for the next week. We're going to check in with ourselves and, and say, okay, what do we need to do to be able to stay consistent with our goals every single day? And what's, what are some daily goals that we can set for ourselves that we can keep consistent with? 
So one of my things that I really wanted to stay consistent with this year was making my bed every morning because at the end of the day, especially when I was actually not working from home, it would feel so much nicer to go into my room and see a made bed than to see an unmade bed. And I'm not saying that, you know, if you have an unmade bed, that that's a, that that's a bad thing. But for me personally to come home and see that my room was clean, including my bed being made, it made me feel like that was an I love you to myself. And it made me feel like I, I wanted to be in my room because my room was clean, it looked inviting, it looked warm, it looked comforting, and I recently went through a, a, a reorganizing of my room, um, and my room looks even more inviting and comforting, and, and I love it, and my room also smells nice because I have some sachets laying around that uh, I picked out that uh, were really comforting smells. <laughs> And I also have a plethora of candles in my room. I don't light them in my room, but I have a plethora of candles in one drawer of my room. And some of them are very heavily pumpkin scented. So like I'm constantly smelling pumpkin in my room and I'm like, it smells like fall. This is definitely my room. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like that was my personal goal to come home to a made bed every day. Another personal goal that I had was to go to bed at roughly the same time. I usually go to bed anywhere from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock at night. And I will wake up at anywhere between 4 and 5 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes 6 if I feel like I want to sleep in a little bit. And then on the weekends I might push it to 7 because, hey, it's the weekend. I can indulge a little bit. <laughs> you know, I might want to stay up on a on a Friday night a little bit and maybe, maybe watch a movie or maybe watch a couple of movies or maybe have like a little marathon of um, one of my favorite shows on Netflix or something. And then I'll sleep in a little bit on a weekend. But... Um, in any case, I, I knew what I wanted some of my daily goals to be and I started implementing them over time. And one of the consistent daily goals that I do have is getting up and making my bed. Now, um, it's been about a week, week and a half, and I've started implementing the daily goal of waking up and meditating every single morning. And sometimes I, I falter and I don't meditate right away, but sometimes I wind up meditating before I do anything else, before I even check my messages, before I even send my friends good morning texts, before I even check my email, before I even do anything else aside from maybe getting up to go to the bathroom. Because every, every morning you get up and you're, and you're just like, oh, body needs to do bodily things. So, <laughs> um, but... As soon as I've done what I needed to do when it comes to waking up, such as going to the bathroom, then coming back into my room and making my bed, I'll throw my workout clothes on and I will meditate. I will meditate for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour within waking up. And that's why I like to wake up at like 4 o'clock in the morning. I will, <laughs> I will meditate anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and do several back-to-back -back meditations. Um... And what I mean by several is that I will do EFT shamanic tapping and then I will do an actual meditation for about 8 to 12 minutes and then I will maybe do kind of like a, I'll treat myself and maybe do like a living in the end meditation because I love the whole idea of living in the end. 
and then I will go about my day. I will then decide to do 10 minutes of an exercise or a workout or some yoga um, or I might wind up pushing it and doing 20 minutes and then I'll go take my shower and then I'm ready to start my day with breakfast, with work, with um, recording, with, with anything that I have planned for that day. And even if I don't do everything within the set time frames that I've given myself, such as, you know, okay, I might have my schedule set up to work eight to four, but then I'll have downtime in between that where I'll be able to record an episode like today, or I will have downtime to be able to go ahead and start cooking and maybe start making dinner early so that by the time I get off of work, I already have dinner cooked. (laughs) Or if I have enough leftovers, I'll just be like, all right, I'm going to just eat some leftovers. And I'm adaptable enough and flexible enough to allow um, whatever's going to happen for the day just happen for the day. That's what I love about being in the present moment is that even if you have a bit of a schedule for how you want your day to look and maybe some of your daily routines, you can still wind up adapting that because you never know what the day is going to bring up. You can have your daily routines that help you to feel good and confident and, and able to go about your day, but then you know just still kind of be adaptable to maybe what you're going to eat today or, or what you're going to do today or how you're going to go about your day. And that's totally fine. Um, but I, I knew that that goal and, and then disciplining myself. And, and when I say discipline, I don't mean like hardcore being stringent. I mean like waking up and deciding to do it even if it feels hard. And I started waking up and deciding for myself that I was going to meditate no matter what. I was going to make my bed every single morning. I was going to do some yoga every single morning. And for a while there, I was like, mm, for about a week, I, I, couldn't, I kind of had a high pain week, so I wound up not doing it. And something that I, I am living with is um, chronic pain, uh, which, is, which is something I'll talk about in another episode. But um, I, I had a high pain week, so I didn't really do some of these things for a whole week. But then I said, you know what? I'm still going to wake up and make my bed. I'm still going to meditate even if I can't do my yoga. I'm still going to do my yoga maybe later in the day if I don't feel like doing it in the morning. If I feel like doing it twice a day, I'm going to do it twice a day. Um, and, And because I started sticking to at least one or two things that I really knew that I wanted to do, it helped me to create a better mindset about maybe implementing other habits into my day and into my weekly, daily routine. And that in and of itself is a form of self-care. Creating a routine for yourself is a form of self-care. It can be anything from one task a day to multiple tasks a day that you're just like, okay, this is my routine. I know several people who their routine every single morning is to wake up at you know, four, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning and they go hit the gym. They're, they're at the gym for like an hour and then they come home, shower, get ready for work, go to work from like seven to four, eight to four, nine to five, whatever. And that's their day. I know some people who wake up at six o'clock in the morning, they wind up having 
breakfast, they wind up maybe playing a video game and then, uh, you know, having like some, some me time. And then they're out the door at eight o'clock to get to their nine o'clock, uh, nine to five job. So, <laughs> and, and it, it all depends on you, but that can be your form of self-care. That can be your form of self-care plus self-soothing. Whatever it is that really makes you feel like, okay, once I have done this thing, I can start my day and I can have that positive energy. And whatever whatever floats your boat on how you do that is how you do that. So while I'm sitting here talking about the differences between self-care and self-soothing, I don't want you to think that you have to follow my self-care and self-soothing plans and you have to believe that uh, what I say is fact, <laughs> you know, like it, it's, it's all about your interpretation about how you want to go about your life. But just from personal experience, the, the reason that I say that there's a difference between self-soothing and self-care is because when you are caring for yourself versus soothing yourself, it creates a different effect. It creates a different physiological effect and it also creates a different psychological effect which therefore can also lead to a different spiritual and emotional effect. And one of the things that uh, one of my friends who is also a spiritual coach and a spiritual healer talks about is everybody wellness. And when you get into the self-care and self-soothing practices, it can help you get into that everybody wellness where you feel um, more comfortable. Wow. I'm trying to say comforted and comfortable at the same time. Where you feel more comfortable and confident in your mental state, your physical state, your emotional state, and your spiritual state, which are your four main dominant bodies. <laughs> um, and therefore, you can get into that fifth state, which is your collective state, and how you interact with the world around you because of how you are feeling, and how the world around you reflects back what you are feeling. And therefore, once you really start prioritizing yourself, you are able to then prioritize other things in your life, such as your friendships and your goals and your habits and even changing your habits if you feel like you need a change in your life. So what are some of the benefits of caring for yourself versus soothing yourself? I already talked about that a little bit when it came to, okay, well, the inner child and, and speaking about the inner child. When you are focusing on a soothing practice, like I said, you're going to be healing your inner child, but you're also possibly even going to heal your inner teenager. And this comes up a lot when it comes to any kind of trauma healing, which is in and of itself psychological so I won't really get into the psych part of that I do want to bring a friend on um that is uh you know I do want to bring some uh psychology friends on to maybe talk about that aspect because I do have some friends who have um medical degrees I also have some friends who have doctorates in psychology and metaphysics at the same time and I also have friends who have um, studied psychology more than I have that I would really like to get on this podcast to talk about the spiritual and psychological sides of healing. Um, but when 
talking about spiritual healing, we will also talk about trauma healing and things like trauma bonds and things like um, inner child wounds and feminine wounds and masculine wounds and different things like that. So when you are working on a soothing practice, you are healing sometimes those inner child and inner teenager wounds and those things that maybe um, you didn't receive, those needs that weren't being met when you were a child or a teenager. And what will happen is this. Your inner child will send you a signal, whether it's a signal of I'm hungry, a signal of I'm tired, a signal of I'm cranky, a signal of I need attention, your inner child is screaming for attention, all right? And then what winds up happening is that sometimes you'll wind up getting a little overwhelmed by that because you're, you're like, okay, well, what do you need? Your inner child might be saying, I'm hungry, and then you're just like, well, there's all of this food, but I don't know what to make. And then either you'll settle on something or you'll get overwhelmed. Um, and sometimes the practice is to go out and get fast food, which teaches your inner child that you can always be placated by spending money, which winds up getting expensive. So your inner adult will then step in and so will your inner teenager step in to, to say, okay, well, why don't we make something at home? Why don't we make something that, um, we can enjoy cooking? and learn how to cook and learn how to take care of ourselves and be self-sufficient instead of going out and getting something uh, fast food or going out and going out to eat because that can get expensive. Why don't we find something that might even be easy to make if we don't feel like we have a lot of energy to, to make something a little bit more grandiose? Why don't we just make something like mac and cheese and chicken nuggets if that's what we have? Um, it may not be the healthiest option, but let's go ahead and do it <laughs> because it's quick and it's easy. So you take out a box of Kraft mac and cheese and you take out some chicken nuggets from the freezer <laughs> and that's what you wind up making for dinner and that's totally okay. And since you're an adult, you can do it without anybody judging you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then another thing that might wind up helping your inner child is, even as an adult, taking a 20 to 30 minute nap in the middle of your day. Um, psychologists and sleep doctors might say that um, that might not always be the best idea because you might disrupt your circadian rhythm, but sometimes you wind up being more productive if you allow yourself that space for rest. And that space for rest can be anything. It can be a 30-minute lunch break. It can be a an hour lunch break. It can be a 30-minute rest if you're working from home, which I do. Um, sometimes I'll take a 20 to 30-minute nap on my couch. <laughs> um, or simply just stepping away for anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes, maybe even an hour from what you're doing. And maybe just going ahead and focusing on another task. Uh, I brought up the, the laundry uh, earlier. I brought up laundry as being a task that you could focus on earlier. And how if you've kind of like let it back up because you've had a busy work week, you wind up doing your laundry on the weekend. I work from home, so I'm able to catch up on my laundry and keep consistent with that. If I feel like I'm getting a little burnt out or my eyes are starting to get a little fatigued from being in front of my computer for an extended period of time, I'll step away from my computer and I'll go do laundry. <laughs> um, or I'll step away from my computer and go ahead and set a timer on my phone and maybe read a couple of chapters of a book. 
or I'll journal or I'll do maybe a meditation. Um, and either way, you know, you wind up taking care of a need and you wind up giving yourself that time for rest. And then at the same time, you're, you're getting some self-care in because you're prioritizing something else. So you see how self-care and self-soothing can work hand in hand? <laughs> but also, when you are focusing on self-care practices, more often than not, your adult, that you, your adult self that you wish to be is the one that's going to tell you, okay, well, why don't we do this versus that? Why don't we have water versus another cup of coffee? Why don't we have um, water with our dinner versus getting a Coke? Why don't we, when we go out to eat with um, whoever we're going out to eat with, or if we're going and taking ourselves out to eat, um, not even just to cut an expense, but to, to maybe take care of ourselves a little bit better, instead of getting fries with our burger, why don't we get a side salad and a water? Or if we want to indulge, go ahead and indulge because we've been, because we've been, you know, okay most of the week, go ahead and indulge. Um, but making sure we also moderate ourselves because yes, anything in excess can be bad for you. So making sure that you moderate yourself, making sure that you moderate how much you are spending time watching episode after episode of your favorite show on HBO Max or uh, Disney Plus or Netflix or Hulu or whatever. If you want to spend the day binging, make sure you have that whole day and you have nothing else in your calendar that you need to prioritize for the day. So go ahead and do it. But if you have a busy day ahead of you, maybe even if you're working from home, go ahead if you want to, while you're on your lunch break, go ahead and eat your lunch and then, you know, watch that one episode, but then know when it's time to, to say, all right, I'll finish the rest of this episode later, or I will watch the next episode later. So, <laughs> so learning to moderate yourself, learning to have little things that you can do and giving yourself those little pleasures, but then also not overindulging and taking responsibility and also taking accountability for yourself. So one of the ways in which you can, one of the ways in which you can care for yourself and practice self-care is holding yourself accountable and not always running to other people to hold you accountable. So if you know that you have a fitness goal, for example, um, and I'm using this because it's a goal for me. So if you know you have a fitness goal, for example, and you want to, your goal is to lose weight. Um, using this example because it's my example. If your goal is to lose weight and you are dependent on someone else to constantly hold you accountable, like a fitness coach or um, a nutritionist or your doctor or your best friend, and you're depending on someone externally from you to always hold you accountable for what you're eating and what you're doing and how much you're exercising or not, um, how much water you're drinking, etc. And you're constantly looking at somebody else to validate you and hold you accountable for what it is that you're doing, then you might be missing the mark and you might be shortchanging yourself on what you can do. And you also might be... Um, 
missing what what critical things you might need to be taken care of. Um, and if you're too dependent on someone else to hold you accountable and you are not able to take responsibility for yourself, then you wind up inevitably having to face harsher consequences for, for what it is that you do and or don't do. Um, so... Example, if you have a fitness goal, but you also want to eat something sweet and you want to indulge, instead of maybe indulging in cookies, like like the example that I gave earlier, maybe eating something a little bit healthier, like blueberries and yogurt, or eating um, maybe uh, a, uh, hmm, oh, oh, I had it in my mind, maybe eating a granola bar um, that that has less sugar and and less carbs in it than maybe uh, a Snickers bar, <laughs> you know? Um, just, just different ways in which you can hold yourself accountable and um, focus on what you can add into your routine. Focus on what you can add into your diet and not just on what you can take away. And that's something that I feel is one of the biggest struggles whenever you're on a healing journey or you're on any kind of fitness journey or you're on any kind of journey at all. You're more focused on what can I remove from what I'm doing? What can I change? When you're focused on change, you're sometimes more focused on what you have to get rid of. And you're less focused on, okay, well, what can I do? What can I add in? What is a habit that I can adapt? What is a habit that I can adopt? What is something that I can start doing differently? You're focused on what you can take away from what you're doing. What you can remove from your life. Especially when it comes to something like fitness goals and weight loss goals. We're focused sometimes more on what we need to remove from our diets than what we can actually add to our diets. So once you flip the script and once you start looking at it from the opposite perspective, then sometimes that will actually motivate you and help you discipline yourself and help you stay committed to your goal a little bit better because you're not sacrificing too much. You're not worried about what you have to sacrifice. You're worried about, okay, well, what do I like that I can maybe add into my diet? For example, um, if you're worried about not being able to eat the cake that you maybe want, you can find a healthier recipe for a cake. Or you can wind up saying, okay, well, if I want to be able to lose the weight, but I want to be able to eat something that I know I'm going to enjoy, how can I maybe change this, this burger that I cooked? I know that I like my burger dressed a certain way, so maybe what can I do to enjoy this burger, but then kind of cut back on some of my caloric intake and cut back on some of those macro and micros so that I can maybe still indulge in what I want to indulge in, but then not overindulge and hurt myself. So maybe having the burger, but like I said earlier, maybe not having fries and a Coke with it. Maybe having water and maybe like a side salad. Or if you want to have the burger, but you don't want to have the bun, 
so that you can maybe have your fries or if you want to turn your burger into a burger salad you know um but what can you add to what you're doing instead of just focusing on what you can take away and I feel like this has become like a bit of a drawn out episode because I'm talking about so many different things all at once but they all fall within the realm of self-care and self-soothing and I feel like once we understand that these ideas can work in tandem but are also still intrinsically different, then we can understand how to implement them into our healing journeys and understand how to take care of ourselves in the best way possible. So that's all I have. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave a rating and review. Not only will that rating and review help the podcast, but it will also help listeners like you know to tune in. Discussion on previous topics and suggestions for future topics are now open. Simply send a message directly through Anchor or Spotify or send an email to cartomancybyalice at gmail.com. You can connect with me on social media by following me on Instagram and TikTok at skellingtongrin. For private readings, simply send an email to cardomancybyalice at gmail.com or find me on my website, skellingtongrin.square.site. I love you and I hope you have a wonderful day.